Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Midnight Meltdown. I'm your host, Amber Rose, and today I'm coming at you with a European summer excursion episode. In my last episode, I talked about how I decided to defer a semester of college after I graduated high school and ended up doing a solo backpacking trip around Europe, and I thought it'd be really fun to do a two-part episode about my adventures and my traveling in Europe. So the first part is going to be today's episode. I'm purely just going to go from country to country, places I visited, sites I saw, people I met, memories I made. And then next week, I'm going to do an episode all about the ins and outs of being a solo backpacker, tips and tricks, how to plan your European excursion, and things I learned along the way. Before we jump into me reminiscing on my great excursion in Europe a couple years ago, actually nine, holy crap, nine years ago, you guys. Okay, anyway, so the day that I'm finishing recording this, it is May 6th. I started recording this episode two weeks ago. I did discuss last week how I was going to have this episode released and then I was just feeling very off. I thought I'd just give a very brief overview of the last couple of weeks because it has been a hot minute since I have like sat down. It's just been a crazy couple of weeks. So John celebrated his 27th birthday on April 24th. I spent two weeks so sick. I had a sinus infection, an ear infection, and probably strep throat. As you can probably still like hear, my sinuses are still super fucked up, but I am off my antibiotics now. Feeling a lot better. I'm just still having a lot of issues breathing, so I'll probably have to go back to see an ENT. Wrigley. I wanted to give an update on Wrigley. So right after I filmed last week's episode, we did end up taking him into the emergency room. Spent four hours there with him, and then they did send him home with us, but he had his catheter in still, and we had to bring him back the following day for like a checkup, because if he still wasn't making progress, they were going to officially hospitalize him. It was a very expensive vet bill. Let me just say that, but thank the lord he is doing so much better they gave him like an appetite stimulant and then some anti-nausea medicine did like a full blood panel urine panel all that stuff they couldn't really figure out why he was so sick he made a full recovery he's still on medicine but he's doing great i went home to visit my parents so i just got back yesterday and it was actually a pretty good trip i was helping my dad he owns a catering business so occasionally i'll drive out to see them and i'll help him bartend for the week and cater and everything what else is happening in my life oh me and olivia went to an adult gymnastics class yesterday and it was so much fun. I've been saying I've wanted to do this for years but I've never found a gym at least in California that offered like strictly adult gymnastics classes. Occasionally you'll find like open gym time or like adult tumbling classes but this one was like specified for actual gymnastics and so Olivia was the one who found the gym and found the class and it was so much fun. It was an hour and 45 minutes. We warmed up on the tumble track and then we did like normal stretching and then we did line drills on the floor and for the first time in my life I got a bloody nose. I've never had a bloody nose at random like I've been kicked in the face and hit in the face and everything because I did cheer for eight years but yeah we were doing line drills on the floor and I was doing a handstand and I came back up and I just like felt blood dripping and I like looked at my hand and there was like blood all over my hand and I was like um I'm gonna be right back. Like I've never had that happen so that was interesting and then after we did floor drills we had about 40 minutes of open gym so we were allowed to use any equipment in the gymnasium bars beam aussie tramp tumble track vault all of that stuff and it was so much fun the class was 18 and up it was beginner through advanced but most people in the class were about intermediate there were some ex-gymnasts some people who had never done a gymnastics class in their life and were just curious other people like me who once upon a time did cheer in gymnastics and now 10 years later haven't stepped 
foot in a gym. And let me just tell you, it was absolutely the most humbling experience. I am in so much pain today. <laughs> I feel like I got in a car accident where like it doesn't hit you the first day, but the next day you wake up and like your whole body hurts. And I'm not even like sore, which I'm surprised about. I'm just like in pain. Like my shoulder hurts so bad. And I'm like not even 27 yet and writhing in pain. I am officially, I think three weeks out from today. No, it's exactly three weeks from today that I graduate college. So pray for me. I'm so excited to be done. But anyways, I think that's it. So let's just jump into today's episode. And one last thing, if you haven't already, please make sure to like this episode, rate and review and share it amongst all your people. The more you guys share it, the easier it is for me to get the podcast pushed out to a wider audience and any help and support is greatly appreciated. Okay. So for anyone who is new to the podcast or did not listen to last week's episode where I briefly touched on my Europe trip that I spontaneously took after I graduated high school, a little refresher, I decided to defer a semester of college right after I graduated high school and spontaneously decided that I would jump on a one-way flight to Europe and do a solo backpacking trip at 18. I was gone in Europe for about two months. The way that I designed my itinerary for this trip is I chose a few specific countries that I wanted to go to and then from there I just looked up flights and travel information that was like close to those destinations to make it the cheapest that I could. So my starting point was Reykjavik in Iceland. I had no really desire to go to Reykjavik, but there was a direct flight from Denver, Colorado to Reykjavik. It was super cheap and it was direct, like I said. So that was my starting point. And that was actually so much fun. So I was only in Reykjavik for about 48 hours or so because it was just a layover destination before I flew to Dublin, which was originally going to be my first stop. So the first day that I got there, I got there very early in the morning because I took a red eye flight and I was staying at hostels. So I took a bus from the airport to my hostel, had just checked in and I was in the lobby and this random boy that I had never met or seen before in my entire life was like, oh, like, did you just get here? And I was like, yeah, like I'm just checking in. And he was like, do you want to go grab a beer? Now this is very strange to me at first, but it became very normal because most countries in Europe, 18 is the legal drinking age. And me being 18, I had this epiphany and this realization that, oh, I can actually like legally drink. So that was really fun. I did end up going to get a drink with this guy and then he was like do you want to go explore the city and I was like okay yeah sure so we rented bikes and we ended up just biking along the coastline of Reykjavik for like the entire day we went to the harbor and we stopped where the Harpen building is if you know anything about Reykjavik the Harpen building is a famous concert hall right near the harbor so it was really cool to go and take pictures in front of it and then we ended up going to the neighborhood of Elfstone which is the oldest neighborhood in Reykjavik I'm pretty sure and it's known for having all of these like trolls and elves everywhere. There's this one shopping center that has like these big statues of these like elf looking gnome creature things and we took photos with them and then we ended up going to the, and excuse my pronunciation of this because I'm absolutely going to butcher it, the Halgrimskura Lutheran Church. It's the largest church in Iceland and it's one of the tallest structures in the entire country and you can go to the very top of the church. It kind of reminds me of the Eiffel Tower in Paris because when you go to the very top, you just have this insane view of the entire city in Reykjavik. So it was stunning. And and the one photo I did post of Reykjavik on my old Instagram was taken at the very top of this church. If you look up Reykjavik church or like famous church in Reykjavik, it looks like a castle. It's a stunning church. And then at the end of this day, we met a couple other people at our hostel who were just getting there, just starting their trips, having fun. And we drank an entire bottle of Honey Medica, which I don't even 
even know what that is, but one of my Instagram photos that we took that I posted was all of us, this like group of like eight of us and this bottle of Honey Medica. We played games. It was so much fun. Like we were all just strangers. We're all just backpackers, but we had so much fun. And that was my experience in Reykjavik. I do hope that I get to go back to Iceland one day and spend more time in the country. Cause like I said, I was only there for like 48 hours. And one of my bucket lists is to go to the Blue Lagoon. I'm pretty sure everyone knows what the Blue Lagoon is, but I would love to go back and explore Iceland some more. But Reykjavik was really beautiful. So my next stop was Dublin, Ireland. And this was one of the destinations that I had purposely chosen to go to specifically because A, I am Irish and German on my dad's side. And I've just always wanted to go to Ireland. But two, one of my childhood friends, whose name is Chris, he was born in Ireland and then moved to Colorado. We went to school together when we were younger. And then he unfortunately got cancer. So he moved back to Ireland with his family. Thankfully, to the best of my knowledge, he's doing great and he hasn't had cancer in a while. He went through remission and everything, but I really wanted to visit him. He did move back to Colorado briefly. He was my prom date. I think my junior or senior year, I can't remember, but he was just a good friend of mine. So I really wanted to go to Dublin to see him. And Dublin was an absolute blast. I loved Ireland. So while I was in Ireland at my hostel, I met a girl named Cherie. And to this day, me and Cherie still talk. We keep up with each other's socials. She watches my TikToks, follow each other on Instagram, things like that. But me, her, and Chris had so much fun this one night. We went out. I took a photo of me and Chris on Hapenny Bridge, which is like a famous bridge in Ireland. And I captioned it, when Chris takes you to prom part two. We just went to like all these Irish bars. He took us to all of the cool nightlife in Dublin. And we just had so much fun. Like truly, that was one of the best nights of my entire trip in Europe, like not just in Ireland, but the three of us just like bar hopping from one Irish bar to the next was so much fun. There is another Instagram photo that I posted from Dublin, which was me drinking a Guinness beer. And the reason that this photo is so special to me is because in July of that year, before I had left on my Europe trip, I was driving home one night and I saw this group of girls in my hometown, like randomly on the side of the road. It was like really late at night. So I pulled over and I was like, do you guys need a ride somewhere? And they were like, yes, we missed the last bus. I'm pretty sure it was during one of the festivals because my hometown during the summer has a festival like every single weekend. So I ended up driving these girls back to wherever they were staying and they tried to pay me for the ride. And I was like, no, oh my gosh, you don't need to do that, whatever. And we started talking about Europe and how I was going to Europe in a couple of months. So they did end up tipping me and they had told me to save it for something special and buy myself a drink or something when I get to Europe. And we had specifically talked about Ireland. So I captioned the photo of me drinking this Guinness beer. Remember when I gave you guys a ride home in July? Well, your money's going to good use, girls. Can't believe I'm actually here. And I tagged them in the photo and they were so sweet and so excited that I actually had saved this money they had given me and like used it on my Europe trip. So that was another like special memory I have from Ireland. I also vividly remember that when I was taking a bus from the airport to my hostel in Dublin, it was my first experience with people driving on the opposite side of the road and also the like steering wheel being in the passenger seat because obviously like American drivers and European drivers are on different sides of everything. And I was like so convinced we were gonna crash because I was so disoriented from like just being on the opposite side of the road and the driver being on the opposite side of the car than what I was used to. So that was really funny to me. And I got used to it very quickly, but I remember Ireland being the first place that I was like, this is so weird. Some other cool things I did in Dublin was I went to the famous Trinity College, which a lot of people associate Trinity College with the filming of Harry Potter, but none of the actual movies were filmed there. It's just their long haul looks very similar to one of the scenes in Harry Potter, like the library scene, I think. But I have a sweatshirt that says Trinity College that to this day I still wear and I love it. And it's a very special memory. And I also went 
to O'Connell Bridge, which is another famous bridge in Ireland. I would love to go back to Ireland. It was just so much fun. I love Irish people. Irish bars are my favorite. So Ireland was definitely a top tier great experience. Now from Ireland, I went to London, England, and I had higher hopes for London. It was beautiful, but it is massive. It is so much bigger than what you would typically think. And I was just so overwhelmed. And the tube system, which is essentially like the equivalent of like the subway in New York, is so confusing. And I remember my first night there, I was trying to get like into the city a little bit more to go visit one of my friends from high school, Kira, who at the time was going to school in London. I used to do theater with her and her sister. So I knew that I wanted to go to London and visit her. And I had just always wanted to go to London, but I was so overwhelmed. I got lost on the tube the first night. I was so confused. The city was massive. I still had a lot of fun though. I will say that. So I visited Piccadilly Circus, which is like a famous shopping center. I rode the London Eye, saw the London Bridge, the London Tower, went to Buckingham Palace, did all like the very typical touristy things. It was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I have some really cool photos from that trip. I think it was just too overwhelming. There was just too many people. It was too big. I think maybe if I were to go back to London, I probably would have stayed a little bit closer into the city. I was more on the outskirts of the city and then would have to take the tube into the city to go do all of the touristy things. But I really enjoyed that the hostel that I was staying at. Now in London at the hostel I was staying at, I met a girl named Carrie from Australia. You best believe we fucked shit up. We had so much fun for like three days before we both went our separate ways. But I will never forget this one night we did a pub crawl. A theme that you're going to hear throughout this Europe episode is I did a lot of pub crawls in Europe because most hostels are associated with bar crawls and they'll do specific themed bar crawls. A bar crawl is basically where you have like a tour guide, takes a bunch of you guys from a hostel, you pay like a flat fee and then there are certain bars that will sponsor the pub crawl. So if you have the wristband or you're associated with this pub crawl, each bar that you go to, you get a certain number of free drinks or you get like a certain specialty drink that you can't order, things like that. Like I remember one of the bars had like jello shots for the pub crawls. Another one had like the syringe shots, just a lot of crazy things like that. A lot of free alcohol, but a lot of good memories. So this one night me and Carrie were on a pub crawl and we were quite a few miles away from the hostel and we ended up at Camden Lock. Camden Lock is a borough of Camden in London and it is known for its nightlife, fashion markets, and stables. And so we were at this bar, like in the middle of nowhere in Camden and quite a few shots deep, that is for sure. And I walked next door to the building that was attached to the bar that we were at and it was a horse stable or what I thought was a horse stable. So I walked into the barn, come to find out that this horse stable had been converted into a strip house or like a nightclub kind of where like each horse stable inside of the barn was its own private room. So instead of having like horses behind the gate, there would be a stripper pole and then like a booth surrounding the stripper pole. And it was closed. Like there were no strippers in there and there was no events happening. But I remember Carrie came out and found me and then these two guys that we had met at the bar came out and we were all just like messing around on the stripper pole and having so much fun together. And it was just the most like bizarre occurrence. Like I walked into this barn expecting to find horses and instead I found all of these stripper poles inside of the horse stables. Like it was just so bizarre. And then after the pub crawl was over, me and Carrie ended up walking back to our hostel, which was a good like four miles, which in hindsight I know is so stupid and looking back and like there are so many points on this Europe trip that like I put myself in so many unsafe situations, but it was like 3, 4 a.m. 
them. We were drunk, eating pizza that we bought off of like one of those weird food carts and just walked the four miles back to our hostel and had like the best time ever. I don't even know how we made it back. I'm pretty sure my phone died. We didn't really know where we were going, but it was so much fun. The last thing I will say about London is that the famous iconic red phone booths that you definitely associate with London that you see everywhere are actually so nasty. Come to find out that a lot of homeless people in London use those as porta potties. So I did take a photo. I had to, I had to do it. So I did take a photo inside of one of these booths, but they smell so bad and they're so gross and so nasty. And I will never ever forget that. But London was fun. I don't think it's for me. I would probably go back maybe with John one day and do kind of more of like a sophisticated London trip and not like a backpacker's London trip, but I'm still glad I got to go. Now from London, I took the underwater train to Paris and it's very well known for being just like a straight shot to Paris from London. And Paris was one of those places that I wanted to desperately go. And it was probably my least favorite place that I went. Starting off, I was so sick the entire week that I was in Paris. So it definitely like ruined my trip. Out of the like six days that I was there, I was only able to get out of bed like one full day to go explore. And even then I still felt so sick and I ended up cutting my trip short and like didn't really do everything that I wanted to do. Another thing about Paris, at least in my personal experience, is that the French people are just not very nice. And if you are French and you are listening to this, I am so sorry. That is just my experience. I think that's pretty typical though. Like French people are very blunt. Nothing against them. It's just like very different from how I was raised, obviously. And I went to the Eiffel Tower, got to go on top of the Eiffel Tower. I went to the Eiffel Tower a few times, actually. One time at night to see the light show. But I will say it was pretty incredible getting to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. I will never forget that. I went to the Louvre, went to the steps of Notre Dame. I went to the Arc de Triomphe. And then I also went to Luxembourg Gardens, which was really pretty. It did rain the one day that I went there, but it was really pretty. And I think the most notable thing from my Paris trip was going to the Paris catacombs. If you don't know what that is, essentially, it's like under the streets of Paris and it's just filled with bones and bodies. It's like essentially a massive graveyard almost, but all of the bones are just out on display. And that is something that I will never be able to like explain. Going to see the catacombs in person is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. It was pretty incredible. And according to my research, the Paris catacombs actually hold the remains of more than 6 million people just throughout the small tunnels. So it's pretty insane. And when I went, it was like very quiet. Like normally it's very hard to get in and you have to wait a long time, but I just got lucky and I was like one of the only people in there. So it was kind of spooky because I was walking through there by myself, but it was pretty incredible. I did get to see the Mona Lisa in person, but I did almost get sex trafficked in Paris, which is very, very common, but it was terrifying. And I was honestly very excited to leave Paris. I was not having the best time, but essentially one of like the biggest sex trafficking schemes that happens very often in Europe, especially in Paris is scalpers will come and try to like sell you a CD or a bracelet or something. In my case, it was bracelets. So this group of guys were standing over by the train and came up to me and was trying to get me to buy like one of their homemade bracelets or whatever. And I respectfully declined. I was not interested. And what they do is they'll grab your arm and they'll put the bracelet on your arm without your permission and tie it so tight that you can't get it off. And then you have no choice but to pay them. And they'll ask for an absurd amount of money for this like string bracelet that they just, you know, pull out of thin air basically. So this guy had tied this bracelet on my wrist and I was like, I don't want this. Like take it off of me. I'm not paying you for this. Started getting really angry and a couple more of them came up to me and like grabbed my arm and was trying to get me to go with them because 
because they wanted me to pay them, which I obviously wasn't going to do. And thankfully there was a group of officers that were standing nearby and kind of told them to break it up and leave me alone. And he helped me get the bracelet off my arm, but I will never forget that. It was very scary. And then he did later relate to me, but that happens very often. It's something that you need to be very weary of, especially if you are a solo traveler, female traveler. So needless to say, Paris was not my favorite. I got out of there pretty quickly, but again, still glad I went. So from Paris, France, I went to Volterra in Italy, specifically Volterra is in Tuscany, which is like a region of Italy. And this was essentially the basis of my entire Europe trip. So if you recognize the name Volterra, then you probably have seen Twilight because Volterra is where the second book in Twilight is staged and it is where the Volturi live. So once upon a time, back in like 2008, 2009, 2010, when Twilight was open and Twilight was like in the heat of their press tour and everything, Volterra in Italy, it's a real place. Their tourism board and their tourism center, which is like literally at the clock tower in Volterra, they used to do Twilight tours and a lot of them. And normally they're big groups of Twilight tours, but because I went in 2016, yeah, no, I'm editing this right now. I went in 2015, not in 2016. But anyway, because I went quite a few years after the initial Twilight craze, not as many people were visiting specifically for Twilight like I was. But regardless, for my 19th birthday as a present to myself, I planned a private Twilight tour in Volterra and it was the most insane, most memorable, most crazy experience of my life. To the point where at the very end of the tour, I will explain everything about the tour, but at the very end of the tour, they take you to a cellar in a dungeon just lit by candles. You can't see anything. And they lay you on a table and then three people in like the Volturi cloaks come out and they do this like sacrificial ceremony. And then one of them bites you, actually physically bites you. It doesn't hurt, but they really do bite you. And then they commemorate you by welcoming you into the Volturi. And then you go upstairs and drink wine, eat cheese, and they like congratulate you. And it is like fucking insane. So that was like the whole reason I wanted to go to Europe because I was just destined. I wanted so badly to do the Volturi and Twilight tour. And I think this summer, actually, I'm going to be going to Forks, Washington to do all of the Twilight tour stuff there with my friend Allie, who lives in Washington. So I am so excited for that. But anyway, back to Italy. Like I said, went there specifically for the private Twilight tour. I got to see the clock tower. I got to see the famous Twilight Alley where Edward is. And there's so much like Twilight graffiti. It's not even funny. You get to see the brick stoneways that Alice drives through trying to get up to the tower. They walk you all along the edges so you can see all of Tuscany. Oh my God, it was just insane. It was truly mind blowing. But getting there was kind of the weirdest experience. I really, truly thought that this was the day I was going to die. I was so dumb. Like looking back, I truly was so naive and so dumb. But the fact that I made it through Europe alive still baffles me to this day. But getting to Tuscany and getting to Volterra specifically was no easy feat. Let me just say that. I don't even remember what airport I flew into. I want to say it was the Florence airport and looking at Google 
it looks like Florence is around two and a half hours from Volterra, which would make sense. It could have also been Pisa, the Pisa airport. It's about the same, two hours, 45 minutes. Anywho, I flew into Italy and then from there, I took a train to a bus station in Tuscany. Don't ask me where because I actually have no idea. I don't even know where I found these things. And then from the train station, I walked to a bus station and jumped on a bus that took me into Volterra. Now, all of this, aside from my flight, occurred at nighttime. Like by the time that I'd gotten to the train station and then made it to the bus station, it was like pitch black outside. And there was only three other people at the bus station. So I was like shitting myself. I don't speak Italian. So I'm like, this is just so sketchy. So anyway, we get to Volterra like pretty late at night. Like I said, it's like a two hour and 45 minute drive. We get to Volterra in the middle of the night. Like it had to have been well after midnight. I'm the only person left on this bus. I have no idea where I am. We're in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Like truly, there are no Ubers. There are no taxis. It's a little village essentially in the middle of like wine country in Italy, okay? No stoplights, no taxis like I had said. So the driver of this bus like pulls over and he's like, bye. <laughs> like, And I just start hysterically crying, okay? I don't know what else to do but cry. And this man felt so bad for me. Like you could tell he like didn't know what to do. So I'm trying to like tell him where my hostel is, like the hostel that I booked. And he was like, we don't go there. Like I can't take you there. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So eventually this man who speaks only Italian, you know, gets the point across that I'll drive you personally. Yes, you heard that right. I will drive you in my own car. So he parks his bus at the bus station, gets out, and he lived around here, I'm assuming, gets my bag out of the bus and puts it into his car. And it's like a two-door car, like a small little Italian car. And I'm still hysterically crying. We're in the middle of the woods. I am like, I'm dying. I really truly thought that I was going to get raped and murdered and my body was going to be dumped in the Italian wilderness. So dumb. Anyway, by some grace of God, this man was actually nice and good on his word. And he drove me to my hostel, like he said he would, dropped me off and left. Now, I also went to Volterra, not during their tourism season. If you live anywhere that has like consistent tourism, it's what they call an off season. So it was the end of October, early November. And I was the only person booked in at this hostel, aside from one other woman who I was sharing a room with. But I didn't know this. So when I get to the hostel, the hostel is fucking closed, okay? It is closed. I am in the middle of nowhere. And come to find out the next day after walking around, after I got this whole situation figured out, the hostel was still a mile away from Volterra. So I had to walk a mile up the country roads into Volterra every day. But it was also in the middle of essentially abandoned property. So the building that was directly next to the hostel was an abandoned hotel, I'm pretty sure, or like apartment building. At one time, I do think it was an abandoned hospital, but across the street, there actually was an abandoned hospital, which I did go and explore. I'll talk about that in a second. But when I went to explore this abandoned hotel, there were dead birds everywhere. And so I was like, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't go in here. But I took a lot of videos, photos, walked around the property. I did not go inside that one. I was just a little too scared because of all the dead birds. But the abandoned hospital, I did. I absolutely did go inside. And it is basically what you would imagine straight out of a nightmare. But I'm someone who loves urban exploring. So this was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced in my life. I have no history on the property. I don't know why it was abandoned. I don't know how long it was abandoned for. But there was hospital equipment, hospital papers, people's discharge intake, surgical tools, stuff like that just everywhere. Like it was 
trashed. And I did have to crawl under a fence to get in. So obviously like no one was supposed to be in there. But the creepiest thing that I found was rounding a corner at the very end of a hallway. There was a very large teddy bear sitting in a wheelchair. And that was the only thing that was in the hallway. There is a photo of this up on my Instagram. That was wild. And I went back there a couple times because I just thought it was really interesting, but it was really scary. My favorite thing about Italy, I think, aside from obviously the Twilight Tour, was going and getting an anchovy pizza with a glass of red wine every single day from this little pizza place that they had. And then I also would get gelato from a place next door every day. And it was so, so, so good. Oh my God. I'd say the best pizza and wine I've ever had in my entire life. Italy was the place though that I had my first and really only breakdown in Europe. I was about halfway through my trip at this point and the only other person staying in this hostel was an elderly woman and she was staying in my room only for two days. So after she checked out and left, I was literally the only person in this building. I'm surrounded by abandoned buildings. I'm fucking terrified. I cried myself to sleep every night. I wanted to go home so bad. But to this day, I think Valterra in Italy was probably my favorite place that I went. Definitely top three. The last memory from Italy was I got me and Olivia leather purses. We were both born in October, so it was kind of her birthday present, even though I didn't give it to her until like December or something of that year. But they're both genuine leather. I think it's the only real leather thing that I own, but it's Italian leather and it's just really special. So literally yesterday when I picked her up to go to our adult gymnastics class, she was wearing her bag. And I was like, that's so weird because I'm talking about this right now. And I literally have in my show notes about getting me and her these Italian leather bags from Volterra. So just really sweet. And I still have mine. She still has hers. And that my friends was Italy. It was the craziest, coolest thing I've ever done. I got bit by a vampire, got initiated into the Volturi and I did document the entire thing. I'm not sure if it's still up on YouTube. It might be privated, but I did vlog the entire thing and it was crazy. And just to bring my whole Italy trip full circle, I did learn my lesson and I ended up booking a private car service back from Volterra to the airport. I did splurge, but it was 1 trillion percent worth whatever I paid for this private car service because it came and picked me up right from my hostel and I got to see the entire Tuscany countryside from a private car, not from a bus. So that was worth it. Now, next from Italy, I went to Greece. I wanted to go to Santorini, Greece. I've always wanted to go there for no rhyme or reason. I've just always wanted to go to Santorini. Now, looking back on this trip and like looking at the dates and times that I was at specific places, everything is pointing me to the theory that I went to Istanbul and Turkey before I went to Santorini in Greece because I had a layover. But if you look at a European map that doesn't make sense going from Italy to Turkey and then to Greece because it's just a further distance. Like Greece is closer than Turkey is. So I'm not sure why. It might have been a situation where like the flights were cheaper. So I just did it. But I had like an almost 48 hour layover in Istanbul. I spent my actual birthday in Istanbul and I don't really have much like to say about being in Turkey because I was not planning on going there. And once I actually got there because I only had like a 48 hour layover, I didn't have a hostel booked. I had no plans for like tourism or like going to see anything. And after getting off of my flight and going like up to customs, their customs process is like so invasive and so long. And it just would have been way more of a hassle to actually get into the country than it would have been to just stay in the airport. So I ended up not leaving the airport. But the cool thing about the airport in Istanbul is that there are a lot of windows, a lot of glass windows, and it's not like normal airport 
airports. It's very large. At one point, it was one of the world's biggest airports, but apparently back in 2018, they built the new Istanbul airport. I was just doing research on this, and it was or is considered to be the world's largest airport. But it looks like it's a $12 billion project, and it's extremely modernized. The first flight out of it took place October of 2018. It's still in the first phase of construction. It has three runways and 15 million square feet of terminal space once it's going to be finished. There's supposed to be four phases and it should be completed by 2025. And the new airport covers 76 million square meters. It looks like currently in phase one, it can handle 90 million passengers a year. But once the project is completed, it should be able to handle 200 million passengers per year, which will make it the world's biggest airport by passenger traffic. Wow, that's really interesting. But yeah, the Istanbul airport in general, the one at least that I flew out of, it was lots to do. It's very big. So I was not bored. I met a lot of cool people in the airport. So I had my 19th birthday in the airport and the only other cool thing that happened was I FaceTimed my ex-boyfriend who was the one who inspired this entire trip. I talked about him a couple episodes ago, I think, or maybe I talked about him in the episode where I mentioned my European trip, but his name was Brandon. Essentially, he would work for like parks and resorts where they're only open for certain times of the year. He would make a bunch of money and then come off season, he would jump on a flight and go explore wherever his little heart desired. So he used to tell me so many amazing stories about him traveling to Europe and just traveling in general. And he is the sole reason why I decided to go to Europe and not go to college. So it was actually really special to FaceTime him on my birthday and tell him like, hey, I'm actually here because of you. Like, thank you and whatever. So that was fun. And then from there, I flew to Athens, Greece. And then from Athens, I flew to Santorini. <laughs> now, my luggage did get lost in Athens, which apparently is very, very common. I have seen so many horror stories on the internet of people who never get their luggage back. Thankfully, I did get my luggage back, but it took pretty much the entire week that I was actually there. So I had no clothes, but it was okay. I made it work. Now, because I was going to Santorini right after my birthday, I decided to book myself a private room at the hostel I was staying at. So I didn't share it with anyone. I had my own like queen-sized bed, my own bathroom and everything. Essentially like a hotel room, just a little bit downgraded. But the really cool thing about the hostel that I booked was that they would give every traveler a free bottle of Greek wine. And to this day, I still have this bottle of wine that I got in Greece that I've been saving for a special occasion. It's funny because when I got the bottle originally, I had just turned 19 and I told myself that I was going to save it for my wedding day and drink it when I meet my husband. And it's really funny to look back on now, considering that I've been married for over a year. I'm about to turn 27 in October. Life is crazy. Life flies by, but I'm still saving it for a very special moment. Anywho, the very first night that I was there, I met the absolute sweetest couple. The guy's name was Sam, but for the life of me, I cannot remember the girl's name. So if by some miracle you guys are listening to this, I still think about you guys. They're from New Zealand. I'm pretty sure. And we spent the entire week together and we fucked shit up, you guys. We went and did the absolute most insane bucket list items in Santorini that I can even like express. Like I have the biggest smile on my face even thinking about this. But essentially we rented ATVs because it's the quickest and easiest way to get around the island. We were kind of staying at the base of the island closer to the airport. That's where our hostel was. And from there you could either go like left or right. If you go right, it would take you into Ia, which is like the top of Santorini, which is where you see all of those photos with like the white houses and the ocean overview and all of that. And then if you were to go left, it would take you kind of more in towards like wine country, the Black Sea 
open beaches, more touristy things that weren't actually in like the heart of Santorini. We kind of went all over. We did go cliff jumping off of Amudi Bay in Ia, which is the same place that they go cliff jumping in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. If anyone is familiar with that movie, I did take a photo cliff jumping and it was insane. It was really scary. The water is so deep there. And that is one thing that super duper freaks me out is deep water. But I did it anyway. And I'm very glad that I did. And then I did take a photo overlooking the ocean at the top of Ia and I captioned it, where's my Costas, LOL. Which is like, if you've seen Sister of the Traveling Plants, the Greek guy's name is Costas. There was this amazing bar and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it, but we went almost every single night. And this one night we went and we were there for so long and we had so many drinks and we were just dancing the night away. It was like, literally, if you think about like going out in Europe, like this is what you imagine. Just like the most pure night, drinking, dancing, eating great food. Afterwards, we went to this Euro stand and then we went back to our hostel and watched the sunrise. So we literally watched the sunset, went out partying, ate great food, and then went and watched the sunrise. It was insane. We did an escape room while we were there. This was the first time I'd ever done an escape room. And we did like three or four of them. And the only one that I passed was the kinky room. It literally looked like a porn set. The keys were all attached to like giant dildos. And you literally start the escape room handcuffed to a bed. And so I have a little certificate that says, congratulations, you passed the kinky room. I just think it's so funny. We went to the Black Sand Beach in Santorini, as well as explored a Crotiri, which is an archaeologist site in Santorini. And it's also close to a vineyard. So we did like a little touristy thing that day. So they took you to Akrotiri. And then from there, you went to the vineyard and you got to like taste all these wines. And then afterwards, they take you to the beach and there's like a little food shack stand restaurant thing. And I got a sex on the beach. So apparently Santorini was just full of sex for me. Not really, but it was, it was so much fun. So definitely top three places. I think that's the third place I said. So I think my top three are Italy, Greece, and Ireland. Now from Santorini, I flew all the way up to the Netherlands and I was in Amsterdam, the famous Amsterdam. So here I met Roselle from Australia and Jessica from Canada. And I spent this entire week with these two girls and we had so much fun. Literally the day that they left, well, we all left on the same day, which was really weird, but that was actually so sad because we all went to the train station together and we took a photo in front of the train board. And then anyway, I think we did two different bar crawls in Amsterdam and we did a canal tour, which was really cool. We went to the Anne Frank house together. I went to the Fault in Our Stars bench, which is the actual bench that they filmed The Fault in Our Stars. And while I was sitting there, I had someone take a photo of me and there was all these people on a canal tour taking photos of me, taking a photo on the Fault in Our Stars bench. That was fun. We went to the red light district, which I don't really even know how to explain the red light district. Just look it up. It was a really eye-opening experience. It was very intimidating, honestly kind of sad, a little scary, but also it was very like eccentric. It was just a very eye-opening experience. Basically a part of Amsterdam that is just designated for sex work. Very sex positive, lots and lots of sex work. But like you would just walk past storefronts. It would almost be like if you were in like a little shopping center and you're looking at all of the windows, your window shopping essentially. But instead of having mannequins with clothes or like being able to see into the store, they would literally just have like prostitutes just sitting in these windows. And then men would go in and like buy the prostitute, window, whatever. It was bizarre, but as much as it is a very different experience from like what I grew up in and 
what I was raised around. It was very beautiful. And probably the best part about Amsterdam was I got a tattoo. This is my second tattoo that I got. I got three birds behind my ear, which signify travel and freedom. I got it at Waltz and Skin in Amsterdam. It's like a pretty famous tattoo parlor. And I actually fell asleep while they were doing it. Like it didn't hurt at all. And I think it was Roselle took a photo of me literally sleeping in the tattoo chair while I got these tattoos by my ear and I still have it. So that was pretty cool. While I was in Amsterdam, I stayed at the Bulldog Hostel. It is a very, very, very well-known hostel. I think they have different locations in different countries, but probably my favorite hostel that I stayed at. Just look it up online. I have a keychain and a sticker that commemorates the Bulldog. And then also when I was in Amsterdam, my suitcase got broken into at the airport, which apparently also in Europe is slightly common. While I was at the airport, because it was not a fault of my own and the airport had possession of my luggage when this happened, the airport gave me a free suitcase. They literally walked me into a room, filled to the brim with brand new luggage and just told me to pick one. And then in the middle of the airport, I just had to like transfer all of my stuff over into this new suitcase. And then while I was at the hostel, the new suitcase broke. And so I had to go next door, this little luggage like store right next to the hostel bought a new suitcase this was now the third suitcase that I was on and I locked myself out of it it had like one of those self locks and had to bring it back to the store and they had to break the lock on it and now the suitcase that I have currently is still the suitcase that I bought at that shop in Amsterdam and it has all of my stickers on it from Europe all of my travel stickers and it's every time I use that suitcase I just think about how many suitcases came before it in just one short trip. From there, I went to Copenhagen in Denmark. A girl that I grew up with, she is Danish and she grew up and spent a lot of time in Denmark. So I knew that if I ever went to Europe, I would want to go to Denmark just because I always heard stories from her and her family about Europe and about Denmark specifically, obviously, because they're Danish. So I went to Copenhagen and the absolute most insane thing that happened to me while I was in Copenhagen was I had posted an Instagram of me in Denmark and my ex-boyfriend, the same guy who I FaceTimed when I was in Turkey, like a few weeks before this, I think he Snapchatted me and he was like, where are you? And I was like, Copenhagen, Denmark. And he was like, you're lying. And I said, no, I'm in Copenhagen. He said, me too. And I said, shut the fuck up. What do you mean you're in Copenhagen? This boy was literally in Copenhagen the same time that I was there. And he was staying only a mile down the road from where I was. So I spent the rest the week with him and he had been there for a little longer than I had so he rented bikes for us and just kind of like showed me all around Copenhagen. We went to the famous mermaid statue that's in Copenhagen. It's called the Little Mermaid and we ate really good food and drank beer and then it was honestly like by this point there was no romantic feelings between the two of us and we were really just friends. Like I had said before we ended on really really good terms and to this day he is the only boy I think besides my husband who I don't have one single negative thing to say about. He is a full hearted person and I haven't talked to him in I don't know like eight years I have no idea where he is or what he's doing but maybe by now he's married or I don't know but I hope he's happy because he is a good man anywho the second to last day that we were in Denmark it was like a scene out of a movie we were riding our bikes and it started raining and we just ran into this little restaurant and got drinks together and it was like so romantic even though there was there's like no romantic feelings between the two of us we didn't even kiss or anything when we were there like we were just like so shocked 
shocked that we were in the same place at the same time. And this leads me to kind of like the last place that I went in Europe was Malmo in Sweden. So the very last day that we were both going to be in Copenhagen, he was like, do you want to go to Sweden for the day? And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, like, let's just go to Sweden. Like I did it a couple days ago. And I was like, mm, okay. So Denmark is obviously like very, very close to Sweden. They're border countries. And so you can literally just like hop on a train and jump over to a different country. That's the great thing about Europe is that you can literally just country hop. My dumbass forgot my fucking passport in Copenhagen. So we get to Sweden. We were in Malmo, like I said. So we like just walked around. It was also really rainy and cold while we were there. So we didn't do much, but it was really beautiful. Oh my gosh. It is so beautiful. Like it's just like typical Swedish countryside. It's just stunning. And then on the way back to Denmark at the end of the day, we get stopped by border control. So obviously you're entering a new country. They want to like check your passports. I don't know why they didn't check our passports when we went into Sweden, but when we were leaving Sweden and going back to Denmark, they started checking everyone's passports and I don't have my fucking passport. And I'm like, holy shit. And these aren't just like airport TSA. No, these are like actual like military border control. Like they have full guns, the full military suits. Like these guys are not playing around. So I literally got pulled off of the train and interrogated as to why I was trying to illegally enter a country without a passport. And I'm just sobbing at this point. I'm terrified. And Brandon thinks it's the funniest thing. And he's just like hysterically laughing at me to the point where like I was crying so hard that he finally had to like talk to them. And he was like, no, like she's with me. She really did just forget her passport. This is the name of her hostel. Like she's leaving the country in three days. I promise you she's good on her word. They did let me into the country, obviously, but they were asking me like the craziest questions, like my home address in the States, my mother's maiden name, my date of birth, the name of my siblings, the school I went to, like they were doing a full on background check on me. And I'm like this 18 year old blonde girl that like is just fucking terrified, but it was, you know, it was fine. One of the very last photos that I captioned from my Europe trip was a picture of me and Brandon drinking beer. And it said, who would have thought out of all the places in the world, I'd be sitting at a bar with Clark Shady in Denmark. Clark Shady was a little inside joke between the two of us because we used to work at a grocery store together. That's how we met. And it was called Clark's Market. And we both love Eminem, Slim Shady. So, you know, I don't know, over the six months or whatever that we were together, this nickname just developed and we would just call each other Clark Shady. So that was uh, Denmark and Sweden. And that was Europe. So I guess I'll just end on some closing thoughts. One of my last days in Europe was the 2015 Paris attacks, which was very hard because I had just been in Paris and I was scared. I was with Brandon, thankfully, but also because of the time change, like when my parents were getting the news of this all happening, like I was asleep. And so I woke up the next morning and just had messages and like missed calls from family and friends and everyone because I had very limited service. Like I didn't get an international phone plan. So I was really only on my phone and like keeping in touch with my family when I had internet. And so no one really knew where I was unless I had like checked in and told them. So it was just really scary because I'd literally just been there. And obviously like everyone in Europe knew what had happened and everyone was talking about it. I then left and went back home and I will never forget waking up that morning. And I was with Brandon and, you know, checked in on him. He checked in on me to make sure that each other were okay and whatever. Another cool thing that I did whilst on my European excursion 
version was that every country that I was in, I took a photo in my Telluride Spirit jersey. If anyone knows what spirit jerseys are, I don't think they're really a thing anymore. It's just a company that makes sweatshirts basically that has like names and things on the back of them in like big white bubble letters. So I had a tie-dyed one that said Telluride on the back of it, which is my hometown. So every country that I went to, I took a photo at like a significant place. Like I took it at this Fault in Our Stars bench. I took one at the top of Ia and Santorini. I took one at the Clock Tower in Volterra. I took one at Notre Dame Cathedral in France. Things like that, which was really cool. And then I also collected shot glasses. So every country I went to, I got a shot glass for my dad. My dad collects shot glasses. So even when I was there last week visiting my parents, I was looking at all of the shot glasses because I knew that I was getting ready to finish recording and uploading this episode. And I also vlogged my entire trip. This was like the height of my YouTube days. I never really had a following, but I loved making videos. I still do, obviously. And I vlogged my entire trip. So every country has its own video. Like I said, I don't really know if they're private or not. I'm going to have to investigate that, but it was really cool having those memories. So that is a very long podcast episode, but I had so much fun reminiscing with you guys. Like there were things that I totally forgot about. I had to dig through my archives and go through all of my old photos and videos and like my old Instagram. Like all these photos aren't even on my Instagram right now. It was my Instagram that has my maiden name. It is privated, so you won't be able to see them, but I'll maybe post them on the Instagram at Midnight Meltdown Podcast. But I had so much fun looking at all the people that I met and like looking through journals and like Facebook posts and everything. And I can't believe I did that. To this day, I think that's probably like my most proud accomplishment is solo backpacking at the age of 18 because not many people can say that they did that. Not many people ever get to leave the country either. So to say that in the span of two months, I went to 10 countries, it's pretty incredible. So thanks for listening, guys. This was so much fun. Next week will be part two to the Europe saga. So I'm going to be talking about tips and tricks on how to plan your own European excursion and what I did when I planned my trip, what I learned, things like that. But with that being said, I hope you guys have a great Monday. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next week with an all new episode.